Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Hello and welcome to Go Green Radio. So glad to have you on this week. First of all, I have to tell you I have had a great Go Green week. I have been traveling in New York and I have so many stories to share with you. But first, I'm going to give a shout-out to my better half, my hubby. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday to my husband. I won't tell you how old he is, but it's a two-digit number. One's a zero, one's a four, and he's older than me. You figure it out. But anyway, I love him to death, and today is his birthday. So uh, after the show, we're going to have some fun, and I'm looking forward to that. But um, I want to tell you about my week because it totally relates to what we're going to be talking about today, which is indoor air quality. Um, I got to visit with Covanta Energy, first of all. I flew out Monday um, to, to meet with the CEO and some of the, the corporate folks in Fairfield, New Jersey, which I have to so, tell you is a totally happening place. Fairfield, New Jersey has the best Wendy's open till 1 a.m., uh, which I almost pushed the, the level on that because we were flying in really late. But uh, Covanta Energy is one of the sponsors of the show, and I had met with many of them beforehand. I've seen their plants. What they do is basically turn waste um, that would otherwise go to landfills into renewable, clean electricity. So I got to meet with some of them on Monday of this week, and it was fascinating. I have interns for the Go Green Initiative, which is my nonprofit organization. I'm going to be taking them to visit um, one of the Covanta energy plants soon, but basically there's three ways that they turn uh, waste into energy or make energy from waste. Um, The first way is to take um, things that haven't been recycled by a community and they turn it into clean, renewable electricity. The plant that I saw in Stanislaus County in California um, can create over 20 megawatts of clean electricity a day, which is pretty awesome. This stuff would otherwise be garbage. Um, The other way that they can turn um, waste into energy is through biomass. Have you ever seen construction and demolition debris, like uh, when they're remodeling a building and they pull out, you know, dry board and, and they pull out wood and they pull out a lot of stuff that, you know, you would think of as pre mulch, things that can be ground up like wood. They can take this biomass um, ground up wood and construction debris, turn that into electricity as well, which is pretty cool. And then uh, they also have plants that turn methane, which is the gas that comes off of landfills, into electricity as well. And they have plants all over the world, but uh, they have a plant in the Northeast, some of you may know of it, uh, that can actually create 80 megawatts of clean, renewable electricity um, every day, which is pretty awesome because, you know, it's a presidential political year. We're hearing a lot about energy independence and whatnot, and Covanta is a company that's actually making it happen. So I was really excited to meet with them this week. It was a great meeting, and I really love what they're doing. They're really helping a lot of communities uh, create a a longer lifespan on their landfills by not putting so much or putting nothing into their landfills and creating electricity. Um, Then on Tuesday, I was in Syracuse, which is going to be a, a real hoot. Uh, of a city here in October because my program, the Go Green Initiative, is taking our International Earth Summit, uh, we have it every year, to Syracuse. And if you didn't know this already, they have been dubbed the Emerald City of the state of New York, and for good reason. Um, A couple years ago, I met with their mayor, Mayor Driscoll, and he is a true visionary and quite the public servant. And he is totally green. And I got to meet with his staff, some of his senior advisors, 
and people from their school district, their business community, other nonprofit organizations, and talk to them about this awesome summit that we're bringing. And I hope that all of you who are out there listening to Go Green Radio will consider coming to the summit. There's information about it on my website, www.gogreeninitiative.org. But it's a gathering of business leaders, government leaders, professional recyclers, and most importantly, our schools community, like parents. Uh, The New York State PTA is one of the uh, co-hosts, along with the city of Syracuse, and an organization called NYSAR3, which is the New York State affiliate of the National Recycling Coalition. And they're co-hosting this year's summit with us. Last year, we had folks from all over the world, several different countries and all 50 states that came to the summit um, in San Jose, California last fall. This year, October 17th and 18th, we are descending upon Syracuse, New York, and it's going to be great. They are literally rolling out the green carpet for us. And uh, there's an organization there that's just beginning. It's part of Syracuse University. It's called the Center of Excellence. And they talk a lot about indoor air quality, which is one of the topics that we're going to talk about today. Um, But it's a great community resource. We'll get to see that. We're going to tour Go Green Initiative schools in Syracuse, which are really advanced, doing some great things to protect the environment. Um, We are going to be going to Destiny USA, which is the uh, revision of the Carousel Center in Syracuse. This is the largest green mall, and um, it's really an amazing place. So when we're not in sessions and we want to do a little shopping, maybe go see a movie, uh, Destiny USA is going to be the place that we go. It's uh, This community, Syracuse community, um, is truly a role model for what I think a go-green community looks like. They've got the government officials, the business folks, lots of nonprofit organizations, and their schools all speaking the same language, all speaking the vernacular of the Go Green Initiative. And I am really, really excited um, to bring the Go Green Earth Summit to Syracuse, New York. Again, that's October 17th and 18th at the Syracuse On Center information on our website. On Wednesday, I got to do something really, really amazing. Now, I am a self-admitted green geek. I love everything that deals with sustainability and going green, and I got to go to RIT, um, which is a university in Rochester that is doing really cutting-edge work on helping products, helping companies become more sustainable. Companies will actually send their products to RIT and say, help us make these more sustainable, or they'll send their packaging to RIT, and they'll say, help us make these as sustainable as possible, and they conduct all kinds of tests. They do all kinds of material testing. Like, let me give you a for instance. You know the little plastic covers that go on cell phones that make them, like, pink or polka-dotted or really fun, maybe, you know, striped-spotted, whatever? Well, when those cell phones were done being used and they were going to be recycled, the phones themselves could be recycled in large part, but those plastic covers that snap over the top that are painted could not be. So RIT has developed a way to remove the paint without using any toxins, without using any environmentally irresponsible, high you know, emissions type of paint remover, remove the paint from it, and be able to actually use those uh, the material for those plastic covers again in a sustainable way. Just little innovations like that. They, they showed me a product that um, somebody had sent. They're like lotions and things like that, and they sent them in the boxes that they would normally ship them to real, retail stores all over the country. And they sent the boxes to them, and they said, shake they, these as if they were on a truck or a train and help us find a way to reduce packaging without damaging the product. 
And so they conduct all these tests and help companies do that. So it's really practical, sustainable research that they're doing. And, and I'll tell you more about RIT, but I, I'm hoping that they will be a part of the Go Green Earth Summit as well this year because they're only about 90 minutes from Syracuse, New York, and boy, are they doing amazing work. Um, some of the things that we're going to talk about today relate totally to my experience last night. And you're going to think, Jill, how is this possible when I first tell you what I did? But last night, I took my two daughters, 16 and a half, can't remember that ever important half, and nine, and three of their little girlfriends to a Jonas Brothers concert. And if you want a way to thrill a little girl, preteen or teenager, to death, then you take them to a Jonas Brothers concert. I totally approve. They're great. They're fun. Uh, very clean act, but really entertaining. I had a blast. And you're probably thinking, Jill, what in the world does this have to do with indoor air quality? But two things I was really impressed with with the Jonas Brothers, besides the fact that they have great music. Um, and while I was on my trip to New York, I tried to be a good mom. I tried to quick study so that I could participate in the concert. And I loaded a bunch of their songs on my iPod so I knew all the words. I was a cool mom. Um, but at any rate, they had um, screens up around the concert. And the little commercial that they kept showing was the boys the band, you know, they're almost late for the concert and they're getting to the concert. And at first, I see this big white SUV and I'm thinking, oh, no, they are not showing this entire audience of little girls, you know, that they're driving around in a great big SUV. But guess what? It was a Chevy, Chevy hybrid SUV. Hybrid SUV. And I thought, how oh, cool, what a great message. And they made a big deal of making sure that everybody in the audience knew that the boys drive around in a hybrid SUV, which I thought was cool. And then... There was a mom who was sitting right next to us who had a bag that said, I heart, I love clean air. And I thought, how perfect. I hope she's listening this morning because we are going to be talking about air quality. Now, as you know, there are lots and lots of studies and all kinds of information out there. We pay a lot of attention to our outdoor quality, um, air quality. And that's for good reason. You know, we see a lot of cars out on the road. We, you know, we hear of a lot of outdoor pollutants. But did you know? The EPA believes, and they've done studies on this in a variety of different indoor applications, that our indoor air quality can be two to five times more toxic to us as, our, as humans than outdoor air quality. And where do we spend like 90% of our time? Indoors. This is a problem. So we're going to talk today um, to a guest who is really, really well-versed in this. Her name is Julie Bodden-Davis, and she's going to tell us about some really innovative ways to protect our indoor air quality and improve it through houseplants. Yeah, you heard me right, through houseplants. You know, something that your mom and your grandmother did all the time, they had houseplants. Well, guess what? That is probably the healthiest way to protect your indoor air quality. I'm also going to give you some, some references throughout the show of places where you can get more information on indoor air quality. Um, there are several organizations out there who really have some great websites so that you can learn more. The EPA is one, and if you go to www.epa.gov slash IAQ, that stands for Indoor Air Quality, you're going to find out some really cool information, like what causes indoor air quality. Did you know it could be your furniture? It could be your carpeting? It could be the paint you use in your house? Um, they're also going to talk about where you can find um, alternative ways of finding these products, where you can get um, low VOC emission furniture, carpeting, paint, that sort of thing. Um, they also have a really good section about how you know if your indoor air quality is poor. What kinds of signs and symptoms will the, the people in your spaces, whether it's a business, 
school or your home, what kind of symptoms might they exhibit if there's poor indoor air quality? So we're going to talk about all those things today. We're going to talk about how to improve that indoor air quality, improve our health. And I want you to be sure that you check out Julie's website. I'll mention it several times during the show. But it's www.healthyhouseplants.com. She also has a book called Indoor Gardening, The Organic Way. We're going to be talking to her in just a few moments. So don't go away. Be right back after the break. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi, you can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Do you need help getting a grant? Join the grant doctor, Bev Browning, for the program Get a Grant right here on Voice America. Each week, Dr. Bev takes you through an hour of timely topics for grant seekers, writers, and researchers. You'll learn everything there is to know about grants, grant writing, and funding. You won't have to keep asking, where's the money? And how do I get it for my organization? Get a Grant with Dr. Bev Browning is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. And welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today we have a very special guest who's going to help us improve our indoor air quality. I'm really excited to have her on. Julie Bodden-Davis 
is the author of Indoor Gardening the Organic Way. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm gl- glad to have you. And I hope that um, everybody will take to heart that uh, number that they gave us at break to call in because, folks, you're going to want to talk to Julie. She has uh, all kinds of information for you. And when you first talk about indoor gardening, I get a little nervous because though I'm the Go Green Lady, I don't have a green thumb. But I read your book on the way to New York this week, and I am so fired up, and mostly because there's a human health benefit. You and I are both mothers of three, so I am going to be all over indoor gardening in a new way because of your book. And I want to jump right into the deep end of the pool and talk about the human health benefits of actually having houseplants um, indoors and its effect on indoor air quality. In Chapter 11 of your book, you talk about um, interviewing Dr. Bill Wolverton uh, from NASA. How did you first come to know about his work and, and, and whatnot? It was actually in 1998 when I found him. I was doing an article on indoor air quality and improving indoor air quality. And I started the whole thing thinking, okay, we need some kind of, uh, I need to talk to experts who know about machines that clean indoor air because, of course, at the time I thought, of course, the the answer has to be some kind of machine that can clean our indoor air and make it better, you know, like the air filters, which do help. Right. So I started the research, and and, uh, several people said, have you talked to Dr. Bill Wolverton? And I said, no, who is he? And they said, oh, well, he wrote the book, How to Grow Fresh Air. And I said, oh, that sounds good. And at the time, I, I, I mean, I, had, I was already a garden writer. And so, of course, that piqued my interest. So I called him up right away. And he was actually, at the time, had been retired from NASA for several years. And he wrote the book after he retired. Ah. And I, after talking to him, I soon found out that he... One of his assignments at NASA was to find out how we could live on the moon or Mars. Uh-huh. And he had the same kind of reaction that I did. He thought, well, it's got to be some kind of space-age machinery that we can use and we can put up there to clean the air. And after all, many hours of research, they discovered that the answer to cleaning the indoor air was houseplants. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that, and that's, yes. of course, because they put off oxygen, right? I mean, we learned that in second grade science, and yet we're always looking for, you know, the, it's the Silicon Valley age, you know, the, the techno solution to every problem, but nature provides it all by itself. And it, it actually is even more complex than that. What, what mm-hmm. he found was that not only do they emit oxygen, but they consume carbon dioxide. That's how they thrive. Ah, that's what we breathe out. Exactly. Also what we talk about with greenhouse gas emissions, too. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, carbon this and carbon that. Um, so I would imagine that some of the same uh, principle would apply to what we're dealing with in terms of carbon emissions outside. Exactly. Well. And, and this is a great way. I like to tell people about, about this. One of the reasons why I like to tell people about the benefits of houseplants and how they clean our indoor air is also that it's a really good way for you to do something for the environment. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, you look at what's happening and you think, I can't, what am I going to do? I'm just one person. But actually, your houseplants can be a good way to, to, to help with environmental problems. That's so awesome. I love this. Now, you, you've been doing a lot, and you're considered an expert in indoor gardening, particularly in an organic way. Right. But what synergies did you see between your area of expertise in indoor garden and 
uh, in, indoor gardening and Dr. Wolverton's work on indoor air quality from his NASA research. I mean, how did you congeal the two pieces of, of data and information? Well, at the time that, that I spoke with him, I had just started my column uh, for the San Francisco Chronicle, and that actually that article that I wrote about indoor air quality appeared in the Chronicle, and it also appeared in the L.A. Times. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had just started my houseplant column um, called The Gardener Within with the San Francisco Chronicle. And when I started the column, I, I was, even though I had, I'm a master gardener and I've been doing garden writing for years, I initially the editors said, well, we want you to interview the, quote, experts. <laughs> oh, thanks, so, guys. Yeah, so I said, all right, okay, let me find these experts. So I went out and trying to find experts, and and I found some help. But what I started to think about, and then I talked to um, Dr. Wilberton at, at, around the same time, was I started thinking, at, the, at that time, gardening organically outdoors was huge. It was already, had already fit, hit, uh, had already gone big, right. and indoors, I wasn't hearing any of these, quote, experts tell me anything about gardening indoors organically. Everyone would tell me, well, you need to use sterile soil, and you need to use chemical fertilizers, and you need to use pesticides indoors, and uh, finally, I started asking the question of these, quote, experts, and I said, well, what about gardening indoors organically? And uh-huh. they emphatically told me, you would not want to do that sort of thing indoors. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, what was the like, objection? Like I was going to shove a horse manure in the middle of my living room. <laughs> <laughs> so, so none of the experts at that point were advocating for organic indoor gardening. No, not, no, not at all. So at, at, I think it was around that time that the editors finally said, you know what, I think you're the expert. <laughs> don't worry about interviewing these experts. Just write what you... What you what you think is best, but and I I still do interview experts like Dr. Wolverton. Mm-hmm. So it really just seemed to it it all was coming together, making sense to me that you would garden indoors organically. That because here we are eating organic produce, using organic products, using um, personal care products that are organic and 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 good for us. So and then I talk with him, and he says, and then I also clean your indoor air, and and it. But at the same time, if you're using ba- pesticides and chemical fertilizers indoors, you're polluting your indoor air. Right, right. So you uh, kind of undo the good you could be doing with your indoor air quality by just having house plants, but with all these chemicals in them. If you do it the organic way, then you really get the benefit. Right, right? exactly. And that's actually even what happened when, when that article in which Dr. Wolverton was in went, was published, I got... A little card from a reader, and I, I actually like to thank the reader because the, it really gave me more food for thought for, for indoor gardening the organic way, and she wrote, that was a great article on, on improving indoor air quality. However, you failed to tell your readers that if they are using chemical fertilizers and pesticides on their, on their houseplants, they're basically doing what you just said, undoing every, all the good that they've just done, or right. not all of it, but some of it. So that's right. That's how the the uh, book was born. Well, and it is an amazing book. And and I have to be honest, you know, I, I've got three kids, and I, I I work really hard, and all that good stuff. And I've got a dog and a cat, and I feel like, oh my gosh, if I have one more living thing depending on me, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I worry. But the fact is, you know, I do all these things, 
you know, to, to prevent uh, health hazards in my home. You know, I try exactly. to use organic cleaners that are non-toxic. You know, try to try to keep the place clean, but good luck with a dog and a cat and three kids. But you yeah. know, they're friends. But you know, nobody wants to have a toxic home. Wants to have a, a sick building in their office space, and yet, um, you know, th- this this natural way of protecting indoor air quality was something I really didn't consider as a human health benefit until I read your book. Good. I'm glad that that. Yeah. So now I feel like, you know, in addition to making sure that, you know, my living space is healthy and clean and whatnot, that it's really a service to my kids and my family to have indoor plants and to to garden indoor, you know, in an organic way, which you outlined perfectly in the book. We're going to get more into that. But why do you think, I mean, this is such an easy concept. Why do you think that everybody in America doesn't already know about this connection between houseplants and better indoor air quality? I mean, what Dr. Wolverton published his you know book years ago. Your book was published a couple years ago. Why isn't this more mainstream already? I think, unfortunately, one thing that happened is allergists, and I do actually have allergies and asthma, and they, at one point, a study was done that showed that there are Things like there's mold spores in soil itself. Mm-hmm. So they began to distribute the information, and they still do, that you shouldn't have any soil in your house because of the mold if you have asthma or allergies. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Dr. Wolverton put that to the test. And what they found, which is really interesting, is that the more houseplants you have in a room, the less mold and allergens you'll have in the air because the houseplants consume them as well. It's their food. It's part of part of what they, you know, inspire. And, exactly. And so, and if you're very nervous about it, what you can do is on top of the soil, you can put marbles or some sort of a um, something like that, some sort of a protective barrier, so that the mold spores can't get into the air. So it's one of those things, you know, where you uh, uh, kind of like an old wives' tale, or I mean, not yeah. necessarily along that bad, but it's one of those things that they put out there and they continue to put out there. So people and I talk to people often. Oh, but I've heard you shouldn't have uh, soil in your house. Well, that's provided that you treat your soil like dirt. I love yeah. that quote <laughs> in your book. Don't treat your soil like dirt. And and we'll get into this in the in the next segment. But you do a, a lot of discussions about that very issue in your book. Um, indoor gardening the organic way, which for our listeners you can you can order from Amazon. You can also get it on on Julie's website www.healthyhouseplants.com, and she goes into how to care for your soil. And again, this is not time intensive. It is it's it's easy enough for anybody to do, and she really breaks it down step by step how to avoid those kinds of things. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But, um, I, you know, Julie, I am so glad that you're on here because you're making me think of, of indoor gardening in a whole new way. It's not just a hobby. That's it's a health good. issue. It's a health issue. Yeah, you, it is, definitely. Well, That's and you've got three kids. Too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you've got three kids. I've got three kids. We do a lot to protect their health. And uh, healthy house plants is just one way to protect their health. So don't miss the, what's coming up after the break. We're going to talk more with Julie Broaden Davis about going green in your indoor garden. So be right back in just a few. News. News. Opinion. 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 
your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. World-renowned cosmetic surgeon and scientist, Dr. Andrew G. Berman, hosts Beauty in America, broadcasting every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. What is beauty? How is it viewed in a cross-cultural context? And what is the role of plastic surgery in society, careers, and life? Expert guests join Dr. Berman to discuss historic and current concepts of beauty and plastic surgery, as well as trends, advances, and gimmicks. Beauty in America with Dr. Andrew G. Berman finds out what is real and what is hype right here on the Voice America channel, Fridays at 2 p.m. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away, but then time passes and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Hello, and welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today, we are talking about improving your indoor air quality. And if you didn't know you had a problem with it, the EPA says that our indoor air quality, whether it's in our homes, our schools, or businesses, can be two to five times more hazardous to our health, more toxic than outdoor air quality. Now, we all talk about air pollution, but we usually talk about it on the outside. Today, we're talking about indoor air quality because that is where we spend most of our time. And one of the easiest, most obvious, most natural solutions to improving our indoor air quality is actually through indoor gardening, houseplants. 
Um, and we have today an expert in indoor gardening, the organic way. Her name is Julie Bodden Davis, author of Indoor Gardening, the Organic Way. Welcome back, Julie. Thank you. Well, we've been talking about some of the human health benefits of having indoor gardening, having house plants near you. And we have somebody who, who emailed me after they saw the promo for the show up on their, our website. And they emailed me at gogreenradio at gmail.com. And here's their question to you. They said, we keep hearing reports about allergies and asthma being on the rise, yet I haven't come across any medical advice outside of pharmaceuticals. Do you think there will come a point when part of the prescription for improving our health will be to include certain plants in our personal breathing zone. Julie, that question was for you. What do you say? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to take for that to happen? I, I think that the, we, we have to get over that, the whole, that whole problem of the airborne mold, for one mm-hmm. thing. That seems to be the biggest problem. And then the other issue is people thinking incorrectly that they have a brown thumb. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm hoping after you read my book that you no longer feel that way. I don't, and I I will be perfectly honest and upfront and candid with you. Uh, Again, as I said before the break, I feel like, oh, my gosh, I have three kids, a dog and a cat. If I have one more living thing, depending on me for its health and well-being, I just, I'm going to go over the edge. I just can't do it. <laughs> How well, the good news it is that the plants are a lot easier than all of them. Because I have a dog. I've had, I had a cat for 20 years. I have three kids. I even have bunny and a turtle and chickens. And my plants are the easiest. They don't make noise. They don't whine. That's one of the big things. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Well, and actually, after reading your book, I guess what I felt was confidence. Because your book is such a... It's it's so informative, and it's such an easy read. I mean, I feel like I'm sitting down to coffee with a girlfriend, you know, reading the book. But at the same time, in the back, it has a reference guide with all the different plants, what kind of lighting, what kind of soil, uh, what its health benefits are. So I feel like I've got an, an encyclopedia as well. Oh, good. So, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, your book has given me the confidence, and the you know, it's like a one-stop shopping for all the reference I need on how to take care of houseplants. So I've never had that before. It's a great reference point. So I would highly recommend folks get that because I am going gonna, gonna to be planting like a big dog in my house because it's really good for human health. Um, but, I mean, you know, in your work, do you have any contacts with people in the medical field um, to get this, this knowledge out there to folks that the mold issue is not real and that it's actually good for people with allergies and asthma to have houseplants? I think there are some people doing work in that area, and I have actually thought of doing more to get the word out to them, which would be a good idea. Uh, Some of the allergists, though, however, who I've spoke to and other medical doctors will say the same, well, you really shouldn't have soil in your (laughs) house. Is that kind of a a conditioned response, so so to speak? Yeah, and and I think uh, it, sometimes it takes years to undo that kind of thinking. If they read it once in a medical journal in 1975, exactly, you know, then that becomes the folklore. But uh, I'm hopeful that you and and others like you will will help people become more aware of the health benefits to houseplants and kind of undo these urban legends. And how they outweigh any possible risks. I mean, the whole soil issue, let's face it, you walk out your front door, you're, you're, there's soil. So it's yeah. not, you know, I, 
<laughs> I know. I mean, they're not telling us, you know, to avoid, you know, going to the beach or playing out in the backyard, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. But, you know, it occurs to me, because uh, I have had a great relationship with Keep America Beautiful and their state affiliates, and they've been around for decades. Right. And, you know, they're all about beautifying communities with gardens and plants. Um, you know, that was Lady Bird Johnson's pet project, and it's a great organization. Um, here in California, where you and I live, Julie, I mean, Keep California Beautiful is really thriving. Um, but have you seen any efforts on the part of that organization to begin to blend their beautification efforts with the notions that these gardens that they're advocating for are actually good for human health? I have seen some some things in the media when they're mentioned, mentioning, and, and even I know I've seen on their website where they talk about how the, the beautification part of mm-hmm. their name also relates to making the world not only a more beautiful place but a healthier place for everyone mm-hmm. and improving, uh, uh, they talk a lot about it, of course, improving the outdoor air quality mm-hmm. and the, um, the, our whole, you know, the whole problem with, the, with, our, with global warming and that sort of thing mm-hmm. as, as a combat for that. Well, I can't help but thinking they ought to have you as a keynote speaker at their next convention to talk about, you know, right in your personal breathing space, what is in it for me? Because I think, you know, a lot of nonprofit organizations, and I run into this with the Go Green Initiative, um, you know, everybody has this idea that, yeah, it's great to be green, uh, it's good to protect the environment, but bottom line, what's in it for me? Yeah. And you can make a connection like, well, it's about your own personal health, um, it's a far more compelling uh, conversation than just, you know, we're going to save the planet kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Let's, yeah, because that really is just too, not only I don't think that people don't, I think that people care. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it's just too overwhelming. Right. Uh, you think, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a mother of three kids, I have a job, and I, I'm going to save the planet? Yeah. Uh, what, exactly. on the weekend? Between three and four in the afternoon. I mean, how am I going to do this? <laughs> exactly. Can I do that while I'm watching a soccer game? Yeah, you exactly. know, I don't know. How does that happen? Well, so, if you get the house plants and they're in your home, busily cleaning the indoor air, which is also affecting our outdoor air. Yes, you've done something, and you could plot up a few plants from three to four on Saturday afternoon. Exactly, and that's what I love about you, both your website and your book. You make it so accessible. In fact, on your website, um, healthyhouseplants.com, there was a great article that came out in May of last year um, where you were quoted, and it was talking about um, community gardening in New York City. And I don't know, you must really feel like you've reached the pinnacle when you're quoted in the same article when they're talking about Bette Midler. I love Bette Midler. She's one of my favorites ever. But tell us about the premise of that article and and your part in that article. Again, folks, you can find that on healthyhouseplants.com in the media section. It's uh, an article called Beautifying with Rooftop and Community Gardens. But, Julie, tell us about your role in that article and what it was all about. Well, I was asked for information for that article from a fellow member of the American Society of Journalists and Authors, Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa Iannucci, and she wanted to know more of obviously wanted to wanted to talk to me about the rooftop gardening and also was interested in how that the whole idea of how what we have been talking about about how plants give oxygen but they also are the they're actually the only thing on the planet that filter 
and get rid of CO2. Mm. And the interesting thing is when I talk to kids especially, Mm -hmm. when I mention that, that they're the only thing on our planet that filter and get rid of CO2, you would be amazed at how many eyes open wide and, and with understanding and, like, they're looking at me like, oh, wow, that's important. That's and, it, and if they go away with nothing else, understanding how important plants are, period. Right. When we, we're going and bulldozing plants down left and right and getting rid of them, they're the only thing that is going to clean our air for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think some communities, like I've even seen, of course, New York City, but Chicago as well, making an effort to revegetate areas that had been covered over with concrete. And I think part of that is sort of the Martha Stewartizing of the cities. You know, I mean, we want to make them pretty again, right. not just concrete jungles, but um, realizing that there there is that health benefit. And we're all packed in, you know, to these living spaces that um, that plants actually are this huge, important part of our ecosystem in keeping us healthy. They are, and they've even found that, that there's cities that have targeted of lowering the temperature in the city itself, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, that's another reason why they're doing it. How does that work? How do they lower the temperature of the city through through gardening? The well, when the the plants, uh, the the plant, if you put the plants in, they will actually. What happens is it's well, it's kind of a complicated process, but. They, when they take in the CO2 and they let out the oxygen, in mm-hmm. that process, they, they, the temperature is lowered by a few wow. degrees. So that's why we're probably seeing some of these green roofs going on, vegetative roofs, um, you know, because I know that that can cool a building. Like, for instance, I've seen some office buildings and even some school buildings with gardens on top. And part of it has to do with that when they... Um, they, the plants transpire. We mm-hmm. perspire, but uh-huh. plants transpire. And when they transpire, they let off moisture from their leaves. Ah. So that's that moisture getting into the air and humidifying the air and then dropping the temperature down some. Wow. You, you are giving me so many aha moments. Oh, today, good. Julie. <laughs> and um, we're going to be going to break in just a minute, but we, I would like to have you stay on. Can you stay on with us? Sure, sure. Well, that's awesome. And, folks, while we're uh, heading into break, I want to mention a couple of other resources for you. Um, I already mentioned the EPA's website. If you go on epa.gov and Google indoor air quality or search on indoor air quality, there's a great article there. I'll tell you some more when we come back from the break. Don't miss what's going on in our last segment. We'll be right back with Go Green Radio in just a moment. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote. And then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Do you know what the most complex piece of your business capital investment is? Is it the technology? Is it the infrastructure? Could it be the office and corporate structure? The most complex piece of your business capital investment is the human being. Return on Human Capital is a unique program that discusses some of the most important issues facing leaders in business. Join your hosts, Howard Pines and Jay Santamaria, for Return on Human Capital, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today we are talking about indoor air quality. And if you're just joining us, uh, you know, we talk a lot about outdoor air quality and how important it is to protect that. But uh, the EPA says that our indoor air quality, where we spend most of our time indoors, can be actually 2 to 5% more toxic to us and that much more unhealthy than our outdoor air quality. And that's, that's kind of unnerving. I want to give you all some resources to, to learn more about indoor air quality and what you can do to improve it in your home, in your kids' school, in your business. Um, one of the best ones, one of my favorite ones, is the U.S. Green Building Council. And their website is www.usgbc.org. And not only will you learn a lot about indoor air quality on that website, but you can actually take some online classes. Some of them are free. Some of them have a nominal registration fee, but a lot of them are free. And they can help you learn everything about getting started with green. If you are kind of nebulous and thinking, well, you know, I'd like to go green, the environment's good, but I don't know the first thing about it, and I don't have a lot of time to learn about it, these compact training sessions that they have through their LEED program, L-E-E-D, are ideal for you. Um, They can help you learn a lot more. Also, for those of you out there in the work world who are looking to make sure that your business is um, looking out for the indoor air quality of those who have to inhabit it, OSHA, through the U.S. Department of Labor, that's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, if you go to their website, www.osha.gov, 
and search on indoor air quality, they have some awesome resources that talk about everything about from mold remediation in schools to uh, indoor air quality, hotlines and resources and all kinds of things that you can find um, from OSHA. Again, that's www.osha.gov. And finally, if you know that you have an indoor air quality problem and you want a, a professional to come out, assess your indoor air quality, and figure out what's going on, you need to find an indoor air quality specialist that's certified through the Indoor Air Quality Association. And you can check them out at www.iaqa.org. That stands for Indoor Air Quality Association.org. And they have been certifying professionals in this area for many, many years. But we're talking to somebody who's got a great bent on the indoor air quality situation and, a, and an easy cost-effective solution. We're talking to Julie Bodden-Davis, the author of Indoor Gardening, The Organic Way, about improving indoor air quality through the use of houseplants. Welcome back, Julie. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you. And, you know, I want to bring this right home. Um, you talk about indoor gardening, The Organic Way, and you have some really, really pragmatic tips. Um, you talk about never treating your soil like dirt. Give us, I, I love that, um, <laughs> give us some, some ways of making sure um, that we have good organic soil for our indoor plants. And, and, and like you just said, never treat your soil like dirt, that mm-hmm. you need to take that to heart. <laughs> uh, because but a lot of people, when you look at a plant, you look at a house plant, an outdoor plant, you, you think of the plant itself on top. Mm-hmm. Actually, what you really need to be thinking about is the roots, mm. because the roots is where everything, it's kind of like the inside of our body. You know, our heart is keeping us going. Our lungs keep us breathing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, our exterior, of course, you still need your exterior, but it's the, the same kind of concept that if the interior is unhealthy, then the exterior is probably going to be unhealthy, and the same goes with plants. That makes perfect sense. Exactly. So those those roots, that's where all the important thing, things go on. That's where the uptake of nutrients is. They even, they, there is some oxygen down in the needs. You need to get oxygen to the roots, too. That's important. Of course, that's where you get the, where the watering happens, a lot of it. So <clears throat> when you, excuse me, <clears throat> you, um, you need to do good things for the soil and the good news is, when I started all this back in 97, 98, in terms of indoor gardening the organic way, there wasn't a lot out there. There was, there, there was a lot out there for outdoors, but in terms of potting soils, there wasn't quite, there wasn't very much out there. So uh-huh. you have to kind of go to great lengths. And you can still do that to mix your own special soil mixes, mm-hmm. get different ingredients. But now there's some really good brands out there that have some uh, good organic uh, components, and even better, they have a couple other things that are really important for soil health, and one of those is mycorrhizal fungi. Sounds gross, but I'm sure you're going to tell us that it's not. They sound kind of weird, (laughs) and the good news is, don't worry about it, you cannot see them. They're microscopic, (laughs) so what you can't see isn't going to bother you, right? (laughs) And and secondly, they're out in nature, they've been out in nature since the beginning of time. And they're, like I said, they're microscopic, and they attach themselves to plant roots. And in exchange for being able to attach themselves to the plant roots, they go out and forage more nutrients 
and more um, water than a plant would on its own. So it's a symbiotic relationship. Ah. So in the last several years, they've managed to introduce those fungi into various potting soils. So that's well, one. Tell us some name brands. Uh, let's, you know, we're okay. You know, it's our radio okay. show. Hey, everyone. And tell us some name brands so that our listeners can go right down to, can you get them at a typical hardware store, you know, a, a lawn and garden store? They're becoming more and more available, and generally speaking, at, at, at the very least, at a good nursery, you can mm-hmm. find them. And I like to direct people to the nurseries, too, so that they, you know, they stay in business. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Because, and, and, and because they're the experts, but there's a few. Uh, Dr. Earth is one of the big ones. Dr. Earth, okay. Yeah, and also you have Whitney Farms, E.B. Stone, uh, Bradfield Organics, uh-huh. another, and let's see, um, and I have some of these on my website under resources. Okay. Well, then there you go, guys. Go to yeah. www.healthyhouseplants.com. And get it straight from the expert. I mean, she has, Julie, you've got some great stuff in your book about how to create your own potting soil. But if, you know, if our listeners are just wanting to cut right down to, you know, making it as fast and easy as possible, Julie's going to tell you how to do that on her website. Um, One of the things that you talk about is introducing health plants or healthy health plants to your kids. Tell us... um, in the next couple of minutes, how you've incorporated houseplants and indoor gardening into your family and shared it with your kids. You know, I've incorporated it so well. All three of my children are definitely tree huggers. <laughs> and they <laughs> I like that. Trees. And to give you an example, my husband built a tree house in our avocado tree for my daughter many years ago. She's older. Well, she's, she's going on 17 now, but my sons, I have twin boys who are 13. And she had the tree house for a while but we hadn't really finished it. We hadn't put doors on it and everything, and so she didn't play with it all that much. But when uh-huh. brothers were old enough, probably when they were, uh, I think it was about between seven and eight, they started playing up there. So we put on doors, and, uh-huh. and at one point they said, you know, we need to paint the inside again because we had painted it. And so I painted the in- inside of the treehouse, got it all set up, and my, my sons went up there, and, they're, and they, had, they sat on these beanbag chairs that they got, and one of my sons says, <clears throat> Well, this is great. We've got, and my husband's a computer programmer, so they had, they put in a TV set. Yep, yep. So my son sits on the beanbag chair. He goes, this is great. We've got beanbag chairs, a TV. Now all we need is some plants. <laughs> in the treehouse. I love yes. it. Julie, you're awesome, and I want to have you back another time, and I really appreciate how you've helped us make this connection between human health and Healthy House Plants, and I hope everyone will check out our website, www.healthyhouseplants.com. Join us again next week on Go Green Radio, and talk to me. I want this to be not just a talk show, but a listen show. So give me an email, a shout-out at gogreenradio at gmail.com. Tell me what you're thinking. Ask me your questions. And remember, folks, go green, and have a great week. This is your host, Jill Buck, Go Green Radio.
Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. 